I went to Bridge North and boarded a train for Kidderminster with Keith Shaw, who has responsibility for timetabling the service. The first stop was to be at Hampton Lode, one of several stations and potential passing places on the way. Like all good railway supervisors, Keith is armed with a stopwatch. Oh, nine o'clock, right on time. Slowly but surely, the train gets up steam, but its departure time is being noted for a reason. Could you tell us uh, what you're doing today? Well, we're just checking the time to the trains in order to compose the timetable. We've just left Bridge North now pretty well on time. We've had some difficulty starting, as you'll have noticed, but that's something that maybe we have to take into account in the timetable. Do you have problems with trains being late? Uh, no, not too bad. Um, on the other hand, it is important that we don't just sit back and look at the timetable and say, well, that's it forever. So let's look at some of the local landmarks and key places that affect the journey time. The train has reached a place called Stearns, just over halfway to Hampton Lode, where there's a danger of the line slipping into the river. And so there's a speed restriction, or slack, of five miles per hour. It's 9.15, we've just passed the slack at Stirling. And uh, as this is only a one coach train, of course, it doesn't take us long to pass it, but if you've got eight or nine coaches on, the whole of the train would have to pass the short section. Just make a note of that. The particular train on which we're travelling only needs to have one coach because it's the early morning taxi for railway personnel. Right, we're approaching Hampton Lode now, and at Hampton Lode there's a very interesting ferry. And there's a ferry across the river which has no power, no motive power. It's driven by the current of the river. And it's uh, two very elderly ladies operate it. And if you want to cross, you go and push a button on the pole. And they come out of their house and get in the boat. And it's, it's anchored to a wire which runs across the river. And by manipulating the rudder, they can use the current to drive the boat across all back. It's quite fun. And occasionally when I and the signalman at Hampton Road, I use the ferry. I park the car on the other side of the, road, the river and come across, which is quite nice. It's quite a nice feature. Just approaching Hampton Road Station now, so we need to check the time. It's just 9.20. So that's the journey as far as Hampton Lode. A distance of 7.2 kilometres. And we arrived at 9.20. A useful way to represent a journey is to draw a position time graph, marking positions on the vertical axis with BN for Bridge North and HL for Hampton Load. The horizontal time axis is divided into equal time intervals, starting at 9 o'clock when the journey began, up to 9.20 when we reached Hampton Load. The graph of the trip from Bridge North to Hampton Lode looks like this. Up until nine o'clock, the train was stationary at Bridge North, and so the graph is horizontal. As it's speeded up, the graph gets steeper. At about six minutes past nine, 
the train had settled to a constant speed for a period of five to six minutes. But then it slowed down to enter the cutting at Stearns, where there's a speed limit. Let's mark the position of Stearns on the vertical axis. At 9.16, once the train had passed through Stearns, the graph gets steeper again as the train speeded up until it finally slowed down as it approached Hampton Load Station, where it stopped at 9.20. The next part of the journey took us beyond Hampton Load to Highley Station, along another 3.3 kilometres of single-track railway. There were a number of factors which affected our speed. So where are we now, Keith? Well, we're, we're just past Alvely Sidings. We're approaching Highley. We've come over Highley Bank, which is quite a steep, a steep gradient, and it's reverse curves. That's curves in one direction than the other, which makes for increased friction, which makes it more difficult for the driver. And so um, we should be approaching Highley soon. Of course, in the opposite direction, the gradient works in the driver's favour. So he has to, it's important that he keeps the speed restriction in that direction as well. Slowing now for Highley, I'll check the time, and um, 9.27. After Highley, there's Arley Station, a further 3.5 kilometres up the line, which we reached at 9.36. One kilometre beyond Arley, the line crosses over to the other bank of the river. It's 9.40, we're just crossing Victoria Bridge, which when it was built in 1861 was the largest single-span iron structure ever built at that time by a firm called John Fowler, and it's 200 feet single-span. Now on the faster section of the line, it doesn't have so many slacks on as the earlier part, and also, of course, by now the engine's warmed up and uh, things are running much more as they should be. There's one more stop before Kidderminster, and that's in the town of Budley. To get to Budley Station, we've travelled a total of 20 kilometres from Bridge North and arrived at 9.50. The next landmark was the tunnel. Well, we're just approaching Budley Tunnel now. This is another timing point. of course whistle when they go in to warn anyone who's inside that uh, there's a train coming because there's no way maintenance staff might be on the ground in the tunnel or doing some work and they need to know to get out of the way. There are little niches in the side of the tunnel which you can stand when the train comes by, so, uh, but they still need to be warned. The tunnel was the last timing Keith made before we reached our final destination, Kidderminster Town. On the outskirts of Kidderminster, the single track becomes double again. Our final arrival time, 10.10. .10.